I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today's guest is Lori Mendelson. She's a matchmaker, dating coach, and the owner of Smart Funny Single, a service to help divorced, widowed, and singles in the pursuit of finding love. What's special about this Milwaukee matchmaker is Lori uses her intuition to vet possible prospects and is an expert at writing the perfect bio that can help you get noticed and stand out above the rest. She carefully curates and crafts together words so that your bio reads so perfectly the other person can imagine themselves in a relationship with you and believes he's the person you're writing about. In this week's episode, we'll discuss the importance of first impressions and why you should pay attention to body language. When we come back, Lori will explain how she creates an exclusive story where the man of your dreams can imagine sharing their life with you. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. In 2016, Lori Mendelssohn's life changed when her husband broke the kitchen sink with his bare hands. Never in her life did she imagine that she would find herself navigating out of an unhealthy relationship or a marriage ending at the age of 61. This day became a turning point in her life, and from that moment on, she decided to walk the path of healing, not only her broken heart, but helping others who are going through a similar situation. Lori also realized that she could use her intuitive and empathic gifts to help others. Going through divorce and then entering the dating arena, she understood that being out of the market for 13 years, things had changed and changed in a big way. Now Lori coaches others in their midlife to find themselves first and in turn, find a partner of substance based on today's needs and wants. She helps you write a dating profile that stops suitors in their tracks and on the road to finding love. It is my great honor to welcome Lori Mendelson to the show today. So without further ado, welcome, Lori. Thank you, Carrie. So Lori, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your backstory and how you found yourself as a matchmaker and dating coach? Yes, I would love to, Carrie. So a little bit about my backstory is I started introducing people at the tender young age of 19 years old, and I was fresh out of college. I was a former fashion designer, and it was in my first design job that I met a salesperson who was selling fabric, and a former schoolmate of mine was single, and I, I looked at him. I thought about her. I introduced them. They got married, and then this has happened about 15 times in my lifetime that I've said, oh, my God, I know someone for you. And so I have introduced people, and now they have been married years and years and years. Some of them have great-grandchildren at this point. So I'm very proud that I can use that intuition that I have. And sometimes it's, it's a little frightening for people because I can go up to a complete stranger and ask them if they're single. And, and then I'll say, I know someone for you. And I don't want them to think that I'm a raving lunatic, but I'm really good at it. So that's how I got started, Carrie. And then during COVID, when we were all in lockdown, I couldn't do matchmaking. And so I pivoted over to dating coaching and writing dating profile apps so people could date online or they could take six foot away walks with each other and still have that dating experience. So I started matchmaking, then I switched over to profile writing as well as dating coaching. So that's my story. That's great. 
During COVID, it really shut down the matchmaking component, like you just said, and you had to change your focus. Can you talk about that shift and what you learned about dating during the pandemic, during the challenging time? Everyone had the idea that I can't meet anyone. And and I actually personally met a really fabulous man during COVID. And I think that, that what was wonderful and still is, I mean, we're still under lockdown in many states and many areas. But what happened is that people shifted over to really getting to know each other, spending more time on the phone, doing FaceTime calls, doing Zoom rooms with them. A lot of people actually dated by having dinner together where the gentleman would order food for the woman and have it delivered to her house and they could actually be on camera together and, and, you know, share glasses of wine or watch a movie together. And it just opened up a a whole new thing. And I think for me, the, the way that it changed the way that I date is I won't go out with anyone until I do a FaceTime call with him. Or I do a Zoom call because I just simply don't want to waste anyone's time, especially my own. It shifted, but some of the things that came out of it are being employed in dating today, even though we can get out and amongst other people in the world. Right. I think this whole visual, the virtual dating is amazing and it saves a lot of time. I think you can figure out over Zoom if you want to take it further. And I think people should do that because then you don't have to waste that time, you can just talk to someone for half an hour. And I think people should totally embrace that. And that's one of the positive things that came out of the pandemic. And I think it was a discouraging time for people because they couldn't just go out in the world and meet people. You push people and you, and you encourage people not to give up hope and, and to get out there. How has your lived experience helped you when coaching your clients? Well, Carrie, the, you know, part of the backstory that, that I didn't go into is that um, I, I will say that I'm 65 years old and I was divorced at 61. I thought that my uh, ex-husband was going to be my lifetime partner. I had to go through the pain and the heartbreak and the rebuilding of my life after the divorce. It was hard. It was I always refer to it as the darkest days of my soul because there were months that I really did not want to get out of bed. And had I not had my dogs, I wouldn't have gotten out of bed many days. But because I learned how to date and I went through so many bad dates and had no filter and sadly just wanted to be with someone, I wanted someone to replace what I had had. I made so many bad, bad moves. You know, one of them being, I just, I'd go out with anyone, basically. (laughs) You know, the guy had a pulse and I'd go out with him, which of course is not the right criteria to go out with someone. But but in this whole experience, I I realized my codependency, and that was something that I needed to work out and work on and get rid of. By doing so, I started really developing and fine-tuning and honing my skills on being able to see, you know, fakers from catfishers to guys that would eventually ghost me to scam artists to all of the things that you hear about on online dating. And I have finally tuned it so that doesn't happen to me anymore. So that was something that really, really good that came out of this divorce that I went through. Because had I not gone through the divorce, I wouldn't be doing dating coaching right now. I believe that having a lived experience is the best coach. It is the best teacher. 
pain is the best teacher, experience is the best teacher. And people who haven't been through this really don't have a clue the intensity and the emotional investment that you make in in this online dating. It is. It's it's super challenging. And I think Mm -hmm. being in the trenches, doing it yourself, you can lend a sympathetic ear when coaching. And I get it too. I mean, I lived it and I dated with a baby and I dated with a teenager and I dated pre-dating apps and I dated on dating apps. And, you know, I lived through all of it and the bad dates and how did I end up here? And do I want to climb out of a bathroom window like to get out of here? Like it just, (laughs) you can't believe it. (laughs) I don't care. You know what? I want to jump in because you just said something that reminded me. Now, this was before I even met my ex-husband. I used to live in New York and, and there was this bar in Soho that, it had these bathrooms that the windows, when you would lock the door, the glass would frost over. So you couldn't see who was behind this glass door up until you locked the door. It was, you know, transparent glass. And there was a man who was just all over me, really handsy. And I kept telling him, just please stop, stop, stop. Nothing's going to happen. So finally, I said, the only way to get rid of this guy is to give him a taste of his own medicine. So what I did was I said, why don't we just meet in the bathroom? You know, I said it kind of sexy. You know, why don't we just meet in the bathroom? <laughs> and he said, really? And I said, yeah, you go first, go to stall number three and wait for me. And that was my exit strategy. Oh and my I grabbed God. my stuff and ran out, of, <laughs> ran out of the restaurant, called a cab. And, you know, he probably waited a few minutes and then opened the door and boom, floor, he's gone. But yeah, running out of the bathroom window. Yeah. I love it. There. I love <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. We met on Clubhouse and yesterday I, I was doing a room and I told a story about how I was on the first date with my boyfriend and in order to like my last ditch effort to make this date somehow viable because I was not doing very well and not in a good place. And I came out of the bathroom and the song Time of Your Life was on from Dirty Dancing. And I pretended to be Patrick Swayze and, you know, did all the dance moves. And he just was dying laughing. And we had the time of our life. And (laughs) you have this great story of Patrick Swayze. And, you know, tell us about this world's top stuntman and how you ended up now telling someone to meet you in the bathroom and sneaking out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, so Carrie, I, um, in my early twenties, um, I I knew I was going to be a fashion designer when I was a little girl and it was just, it it wasn't a question what I would become. I just knew it. And I was working for a designer jean company and the costumer from the TV show, the incredible Hulk came in to the company where I was designing their jeans. And I'm the originator of the disco gene for those older folks who are listening, the Lycra spandex gene. So you have me to blame for that, you know, that fashion era. But um, the customer came in and, and wanted to know if we could make jeans for um, Lou Ferrigno and Lou Ferrigno's stunt double and Bill Bixby and Bill Bixby's stunt double. And me, you know, having all the chutzpah, you know, of a nice Jewish girl, I said, if I can make them for you and give you better service and give you better price, will you hire me? Well, okay, that's a no-brainer. Who are you going to go with? He went with me, and I met um, Bill Bixby's stunt double, who was at the time the world's top stuntman. And we fell in love. I spent my 20s living on a yacht in Marina del Rey, California with him, being flown all over the world. 
And one day um, he said, you know, I'm prepping for this new movie and this new kid, Patrick Swayze, you know, and I heard of him, I think in this movie called Roadhouse, I'd heard of him. He said, he's going to come over. You know, and I was like, no, I couldn't breathe. You know, don't, don't, don't bring Patrick Swayze over. So Patrick Swayze came over, and and there was limited seating in, uh, you know, on on the boat, and he was right next to me, and he was so sweet and kind and gentlemanly, being a Southern boy. So Patrick Swayze, yep, I haven't washed my right leg since. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he was he was memorable. I, I met sure. a lot of our stars through through this stuntman that I lived with. Yeah, it was a really epic. It was a Hollywood life. It was it was all the glitz and all the drugs and you know all that stuff that you could imagine in the eighties. Wow. No, <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny yeah. story, and I want to talk about humor and how you have this talent for writing bios. I think this is interesting to me because you've set yourself apart. This is your strong suit. People really struggle in this area. I think it's difficult to write about yourself. Can you tell the listeners what you believe the key is to writing a great bio that will make you stand out? I'll start with the with the don'ts. The don'ts are do not give a list of what it is that you're looking for. For example, you were limiting yourself when you say, I want a man who is six one or over. I don't know what that magic height is, Carrie, but every woman I know wants someone who's six one. If they're four eight, they want a guy who's six one. If they're five eleven, they want a guy who's six one. That's a magical number for men. But do not limit yourself to the strict rules of what it is that you think you're looking for, because the person could have the most amazing life personality, so much to give you. But if the packaging is a little off, you're going to dismiss this person. Don't have the, these hard and fast rules and lists of what it is that you're looking for. Be engaging. Be funny. And write the bio as if you are telling a story. And the story is, this is who I am. This is what I love doing. I want to see you being a part of that. And I'm going to read my bio a little bit later. I mean, my profile a little bit later. So you'll be able to see the, the context that I'm talking about. It should be when someone reads this story, he says, oh, my God, this is her. I see myself with her. Because men need to feel needed, wanted, and have a space and a place for a woman. A, a man will leave when a woman dismisses him, that she doesn't make him a priority. They just will. They'll find it elsewhere. It's, you know, it's, it's a given. It's a known that this will happen. So men want to feel included. So that's how the, bio, the the profile should be written. I love that. That's a really good tip. It's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, men really want to be appreciated. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Now, would you recommend adding humor into the bio? Always. So my, my company name is Smart Funny Single. That's what everybody wants. They want someone who's smart. They want someone who's funny. And they want someone who's single. Clearly, you know, 
I guess I could start Smart Funny Mary, you know, as <laughs> a side gig. But, but humor, you know, if humor can get us through a lot of really difficult times, you know, and, and there is such joy when you are laughing with someone and you both have that playful, fun levity between the two of you. I hate when guys will say, don't be crazy, don't bring your baggage. Like, it's just such a red flag mm. to me. That, that's like the worst thing you can put in a bio for a guy. Can you give us some do's or don'ts? You know, I think, Carrie, the way that we met on Saturday in your clubhouse room was, was over, you know, the picture. So the picture being the most important thing. If, if you don't have a great picture to begin with, people are not going to swipe. Right. They're not going to swipe right. They're just going to pass and they and they don't even give it a few seconds. I think it's almost like one second. If you don't like that picture, you're on to the next and you won't even get to the to the profile. So the picture, the first picture has to be killer. Like, I agree. Like jaw dropping. Yep. You know. And not everyone is jaw dropping. So, you know, it's so important to have a great, great photo. Another thing that you shouldn't do is just is just like be, you know, and if you're just a really average guy, don't write. I like watching football all weekend. I like watching sports the whole weekend and I like to go out and hunt and fish and come up with something that's catchy. Like, you know, my I, 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 if you like bowling, I bowl better with a blindfold or something, you know, something a little like kickier that just has like some you know comedic relief to it right so yeah like I was helping our our friend Yukai on is it often in the rooms with me on Clubhouse and I was helping him with his bio and he once won a salsa championship in England mm -hmm. and I was like put that in there that's mm -hmm. interesting not everyone is a salsa dancing champion and so I mm -hmm. think that's really good. If there's something special or unique about you, put it in there and lead with that. Mm -hmm. Or I think it's really funny if, if you do like self-deprecating humor. You know, for example, if let's say that you're a really average looking person, you know, you could say I'm like a, you know, a Madonna lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone's going to look <laughs> <laughs> they're either going to think you're crazy or you're really clever. That's really witty. Mm. You know, like, you know, I'm a Madonna lookalike. I get stopped more often than I really like to. I mean, there was one, one bio that a guy wrote that he said, I'm the world's most interesting man. Police <laughs> officers just pull me over. They pull me over just to talk to me. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. I always used to love the guys who put really, put a lot of thought into being funny and mm -hmm. took a chance. And I think if you take a chance, you're better off. Or if you do like self-deprecating humor, like I'm a hard seven, like I'm, you know, not a 10, but <laughs> I think I'm like a pretty good six and a half or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams? 
Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it, and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. I like this whole thing where you give men a job. Yeah. Do you have another example of that or a challenge? Yeah. Well, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just share something that the last man that I was in a relationship with, I asked him, I said, do you think that you could check something for me? And he didn't even let me finish the sentence. He said, what do you want me to do? And I said, I, you know, I need for you to help me hang some pictures. You know, I want to make sure they're straight. And he said, I'll bring my tool belt. What do you, what else do you need? To, do you need your gutters? I'm like, That's funny. holy mackerel. I've hit pay dirt here. This guy wants to help me. And I said, are you sure? And he said, oh my God, Lori, I would love to help you. It will make me feel important and needed. Okay, ladies, let's say that again. A man needs to feel important and needed. So something that that we could write in that bio is our and and you and when i read mine you'll hear what i wrote about the handyman thing but guys you know do you have a tool belt that you could bring you know on our second date or something you know something along that line I love yeah that. i have that tool belt yeah all right so give me what does your bio say okay so this is my long one okay i, I hope <laughs> i think we have time and i hope that everyone stays awake for this but <laughs> This is, my, <laughs> this is my long one. I'm seeking the man I've held space for who is confident and fun, smart and witty, and is ready to start and develop a relationship. Okay, I'm going to stop there, Carrie. I'm, the, the thing that I'm saying about this is I want someone who's done the work and, and who is not a player. Right. And, and, and you're serious. I don't want to just date, although I do like dating, but I don't want to just date with no end result. Right. I, my intention is I want to have a relationship. I'm seeking a response from someone who understands that at our age, compatibility and respect are paramount. Integrity is a must coupled by emotional availability. No gamers, please. Next paragraph. West Coast born and raised California native with a low grade East Coast fever. I own my own business, which keeps me busy. I've lived all over the country, my most favorite place being New England. I love jumping in a car, discovering small towns, and listening to grunge music along the way. Are you game to be my co-pilot? Add our dogs and we have a match. Hmm. I love hiking. Do you see see that? Do you see how the inclusion? Okay. 
I love hiking, walking along Lake Michigan, looking for beach glass, being the first out after a fall in snow, my dogs, breathing in Mother Nature's sweet aroma, being outside, walking hand in hand with the right man, playing Scrabble and eating wonderful food, either prepared at home or discovering new restaurants together. The word keyword together. Mm. Here comes the funny part. In a man, I'm seeking some basic qualities and I'll start cracking them. Just warning you. Number one, a pulse. Number two, <laughs> the ability <laughs> the ability to consume food without most of it running down your face. You instinctively cover your mouth when you yawn. The ability to laugh at yourself and not take yourself too seriously. Be happy and positive, And you are legally divorced. Hmm. Bonus points for dog lovers, men who know how to use power tools. And door openers and seat puller outers. <laughs> I know that's not a word, but I made it a word. So what I'm saying is I want a guy to be a gentleman. You know, I want you to be handy. I'd like for you to be handy, but I also want you to be a gentleman with me. That's nice. Physically, you're in, in decent shape and you're not in your second or third trimester. Hmm. Personally, <laughs> personally. I walk four to five miles a day and I'm slim, but still have a 60-year-old physique. Um, I keep a healthy lifestyle unless you consider chocolate consumption a misdemeanor. What's in it for you? Loyalty, love, honesty, integrity, PDA, holding hands, giggling, sensuality, smooching anywhere and everywhere, and smiling and belly laughing from too much laughter. This is my favorite line coming up. I'm seeking an easy, effortless connection that feels like an old, worn pair of jeans combined with a cozy cashmere sweater. I believe you are out there. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you. you. You definitely paint the scene, and I like this. Thank you. I have to study it. I'm going to have to do, let's revisit. I'm going to have to look at it and make mm-hmm. notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really want to look at it. You know, I should have read it before, but this is kind of impromptu. But yeah, there's, there's some interesting things here. This is not your average bio. And I know no, it's not. there are some people who really, really love the bios. I have this whole method where I didn't put a bio, but that was a strategy. And I've talked about that in previous episodes. But I like how you get creative. So now being in the trenches, being online, dating, and also coaching, you've come up with different things that you are able to, for yourself and, uh, and the people that you coach, allow them to play big and not stay small. And one of the things mm-hmm. that you do is encourage others to cast a wide net, which I do as well. But this was the newest thing I heard or something new that I've heard from, from you, and it got my attention. You have told clients of yours to change their search and mm-hmm. to include the entire U.S. And you believe mm-hmm. if people are open to moving anywhere for a job, they should use this approach, take this approach in the same way they are looking for a job and apply it to love. Can you share with us what you've learned or some success you've had with this concept? A friend of mine, I I met her on Clubhouse. She was in one of my rooms. She came up on the stage and she asked the question. She said, I I live in South Florida. I'm not meeting anyone. And I said, what is your radius? And she said, 10 miles. 
And I said, I want you to make it uh, nationwide. She got a response from a guy in Boulder, Colorado, and she called me and she said, Lori, you know, I Boulder Smolder, you know, what am I going to do with a guy in Boulder? I said, let him fly to you. you. You start with, you know, first talking, a very brief conversation. We, ladies, we don't want to spend three hours on the phone with the first conversation. You know, we just don't do that. Do that, then do a video date, and then have him fly out to meet you. Well, that's exactly what happened. They were smitten with each other, and she moved to Boulder. And they were in a relationship for a while. Um, she didn't tell me the details of what happened. But she was very happy moving to Boulder because she's retired and, and she could stay there. You never know where your person or your people are. And if you limit yourself to a 10-mile radius, if you're in Manhattan or if you're in Chicago or, you know, or Los Angeles, very populated big cities, Boston, you have a really good chance. But if you live in the middle of nowhere, you know, who are you going to meet? You're not going to meet anyone. And I think that it's important for us to prioritize a relationship over a job because we can find work anywhere. The way that the world has changed now because of COVID, we can work remotely, hopefully. And if the love of your life is in, you know, Tuskegee, Alabama, and if you can stand the humidity there, then why not open yourself up to meeting that person? Now, you know, Carrie, now we could, you know, we could pivot over to the difficulty of a, a long distance relationship. We could, you know, talk about that. They're difficult. They're hard. But they also force a couple to really get to know each other and deep dive into who they are versus seeing each other an hour and a half a couple times a week. You know, this is people tend to open up more and, and become more vulnerable and more intimate in a non-sexual way with long-distance relationships. Yeah. So I really strongly suggest, I mean, you at least open it up 100 miles because 100 miles is, depending on where you live, I mean, in Wisconsin, it's a two-hour drive less. There could be a fabulous person waiting for you, but he's just not around the corner. I like this. You know, he's, yeah. he's a few corners away. Yeah. Yeah, I like this a lot. I think people are, with the pandemic, are more open to this. And, and I know that people are finding love on Clubhouse and moving and all that. And that's going to be my next episode. But it's all about connections. And when you, when you meet someone and it's a fit and they're your people, you don't know where they could be. So I love that tip of open your search across the U.S. Or when the pandemic hit, Tinder came out with Tinder Passport so you could date all over the world. And I think... That's really cool. I didn't have these opportunities when I was one of the early users of Tinder. So I think that's a great tip. Now, a lot of the women that you coach are over 50. Mm -hmm. The majority are, yes. And that's one of the fastest groups that is onboarding these dating apps. However, they have a difficult time because in most cases are navigating out of a long-term marriage and the whole scene is dramatically changed and they don't know what to do. So what advice would you give someone or what advice did you wish you knew when you first started <laughs> <love> out dating? <laughs> <laughs> if I only knew then. <laughs> right. So the first thing is not to be focused on the outcome. I look at dating. I love dating. 
I, I love getting to know people and I'm not a serial dater. I, I really want to meet one, but I enjoy getting to know people and learning things from them and having experiences with them. For example, like I, I dated a professional photographer, Carrie, you know, like yeah. you, and I learned a lot about photography through him. I think it's really important not to go into this as I am going to meet my next guy. It would be great if you met your next guy through a dating app. But if we just kind of release and surrender and say, I'm going into this date just as a curious woman, I'm going to spend the next hour and a half with a man. We're going to have a nice conversation. We'll share a meal together. Live in the present. So that's the first one. Go in without any expectation. Number two, if something feels skeevy to you, you damn well know it is skeevy because women are blessed with an innate ability to have strong intuition. If something isn't right, it is not going to get better. And if you're having a phone conversation with someone and you feel that something is wrong, walk away. You know, I, some people are like, no, no, it'll be fine. No, it won't be fine. Especially for me, a real big red flag is when men start speaking sexually. I don't know you. You don't know me. Shame on you. That's wrong. You know, I mean, at least that's how I feel. That's wrong. You don't do that. You respect the woman. You respect the man. You know, unless you're looking for a hookup. I've clearly seen I'm not looking for a hookup. So don't you dare speak to me that way. That's instant dismissal. Keep it short. You know, don't you agree? Yeah, I think that's part of the test. I think people test you to see what type of person. Do you have boundaries? Do you have worthiness? I think we are focused on that end result. And Mm. we're really attached to that outcome. And that's why you get devastated when things don't work out. Mm -hmm. Can you tell the listeners why we need to stop projecting We need to stop doing this because if we get ahead of ourselves, and women don't just do this, men do this too. We get ahead of ourselves and we're living in this fantasy and then the bottom falls out and we're discouraged and then we jump off the dating app. So it can be be dangerous. Just be in the moment, be in the present moment and just be open and you don't know what's going to happen. So my friend used to say, enjoy the dance. And I used to hate that when she said that. But <laughs> People want things, they want results quickly. And I think that's human nature. Yeah. And Carrie, we're in a society now that everything is quick. You know, we can order on Amazon and in two hours, our food's delivered. Our groceries are delivered. Right. You know, we call for pickup. We get everything quickly, quickly. It goes against... The, the, the bio system, the human nature of people to go into these things so quickly. So something really important to consider is we don't know what is behind these profiles. We just don't. You know, we could, we could have the most wonderful, well-written, beautiful photos. Everything is perfect, but we don't know this person from Adam. We really don't. And we start imagining us women, you know, we were trained to believe that Prince Charming is going to come whisk us away in our his beautiful carriage and handle all of our needs and life. We will live happily ever after. Well, OK, that doesn't happen. I hate to say it. I'm still hoping it will, but I haven't found it yet. 
and I don't know any women who have, but we need to just like stop and say, okay, this is a process. It's going to take time. I want to peel off the layers of the onion of this person and see how I feel. Just keep checking in with your heart and your mind. You know, I had a, my my therapist who I had during my divorce said, you know, Lori, it takes a year to get to know someone. And what you want to do is see them in a crisis situation. You want to travel with them. You want them to meet your family. You want them to meet your friends. And you want to meet all of those people in their life and see how you feel and see how they feel and go through the experiences together. Traveling is a really good one because something will inevitably go wrong. You'll lose your luggage. The hotel will be overbooked. You you're, you won't have a rental car, something. You want to see if they go ballistic on you. You want to see if they lean in, if they're kind, nurturing, or if they just go off the deep end. That's a really big red flag, at least for me. Mm. So get your head out of this. Oh my God, look at this. I mean, Carrie, I do this. I'm like, oh my God, look at you. Come to mama. Where have you been all my life? You know, <laughs> and, and, and then you meet them, you know, or you talk to them and they are just Dudsville. Just look at this as this is another human being. I hope that we get along. I want you to respect me. I want you to ask me questions. I will do the same of you. But let's just like put on the brakes a little bit, you know, and and Carrie, especially for the crowd that I coach, a lot of people say, oh, my God, I'm so old. I'll never meet anyone. Mm. Okay, with that mindset, you won't. But you know what? What if you don't? Are you going to die? Are you going to die because you haven't met a man? No, you're going to strengthen your own fortitude and date yourself and be happy and live a joyful, full life, you know? Meeting a man is not the end of our problems. (laughs) Well, you know, we're we're taught, you know, someday your prince will come and and we get focused on the storybook ending and that new chapter. And then when we're focused on that storybook ending, we're not really living in reality. Oftentimes, people will put their eggs in one basket and they don't realize that these men are dating lots of other people. What would your advice be for women who do that? Well, know that men are dating a lot of people. And if you have the stomach and the inclination to also date a lot of people, I think it's a good idea. Now, I'm not saying it, this is my preference that I'm speaking of here. I'm not saying you should sleep with everyone. I think that it's important to be selective on who you become intimate with. And that's not just sexually, it's also emotionally. I just realized that there are a lot more women on these dating apps than there are men. And the ones that stand out, the ones with great photos and great bios and are really handsome and hunky are going to get a boatload of women clicking on them. And after them, you know, several of my guy friends are, they're not seeing, but they're dating five to six women. You know, they're, they're going through the process of elimination Right. We should be doing the same thing. Yeah. Because like, you know, like you and I both know, we don't know these people yet. Right. You know, it's like, I want to say, just cool your jets, ladies. Just cool your jets. Uh, uh, two good dates does not make a relationship yet. I agree. Yeah. We do. As women, we give men a long leash. And this leads me to my last question, which we were talking about at great lengths yesterday. People often 
hide who they really are and they put on this fake persona. Yesterday we were talking about how people go into dating. Do they go into dating as a representative or do they go in authentically? And I think it's the biggest mistake when people go in being the representative of themselves rather than who they truly are because they lose the opportunity to show people the real you. And I think that's where that's where people fall in love in the imperfections and yes. you know, that mm-hmm. moment of me pretending to be Patrick Swayze. So can you talk about why being authentic is the way to go? Well, you, the, the real you is going to come out in one way or another at some point. I'm not saying that on the first or second date, we should be spilling our guts about our past and what it is that we want and need. I think if you show up, I've always believed this, that if you lie, you'll never remember what you said. So if if you are authentic in who you are, and I, I don't mean you show up looking like a bag woman. I mean, you just you just are present and you be yourself. If you're funny, be funny. If you're kind, be kind. Whatever it is that you are, if you are a bookworm and you love literature, talk about that. Ask the other person about that dive into what is really important to you. And that's a really good, quick weeding out process if that person isn't for you. You know what's important to you. I don't believe in these long lists of things. I think that you should be open to things that aren't on your list. But if if you show up other than who you are, you know, Carrie, I've heard you speak about, you know, getting a spray tan and a blowout and you know, we, we look a certain way. Yeah, we should try. We should be presenting our best self. Our body language should be warm and opening and inviting if that's something that we want. But if we show up as someone else, you can't keep up the facade. Eventually, you'll have to let, let it down, your guard down. Right. You know, I'm not talking about nerves, but we, we just need to be who we are. And, and that takes work on ourselves to be comfortable with who we are. And it takes a lot of self-love, right. a lot of self-respect. You know what? If you're not my guy, my guy's right around the corner. Right. You know, and that's, that's another thing that I, I, I forgot to mention that when we have these dates and these dates are disappointing, a, a really valuable tool not to get completely crushed is to believe that he's not your guy. Right. He appeared to be your guy. He's not your guy though. Right. Your guy is right around the corner. Totally. He may be, you know, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if you're in Boston, but he's right around the corner. He's <laughs> looking for you too. <laughs> right, right. And so should we say in unison what we should say when it doesn't work out? <laughs> yes. You want to do the countdown, my friend? <laughs> One, two, three. Next. Next. <laughs> or or my new favorite, which is check. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So show up as yourself. It, it shows super you know, it shows confidence to just be who you are. And it's exhausting trying to be someone that you're not. So both of us encourage you to show up just as you are, and you're good enough. And Lori, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to show up today and sharing your wisdom and tips around dating. Where can people follow you on social media or find out more about your coaching services? My website is smartfunnysingle.com. That is also my Instagram, smartfunnysingle.com. I am on Clubhouse under my name, which is Lori Mendelson, 
M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-H-N. And it's at Matchmaker Lori, L-O-R-I. My website tells you how to find me. Carrie knows where to find me. She right. has my personal phone number. There you go. Send us a DM. Yeah. If you have questions, you're looking for a coach. We're also both on Clubhouse quite a bit and we have tons of fun and you know more dating tips and you can never have enough. So thanks again for being on the show. I can't wait to have you back on when you find love. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's right. When, not if. That's when. Right. That's it. The positive attitude. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. And for now, this week's Shot at Love Dating Tips. And in honor of our guest, Lori Mendelson, these tips are inspired by her. Number one, date without expectation. Go into a date with an open mind and open heart. Look at the date as an opportunity to learn something new. Number two, be yourself while being authentic and lose the representative. Number three, drop the end game and don't be attached to outcomes. Not every relationship is supposed to work. If it doesn't work out, it's not supposed to. Brush it off and say to yourself, next. Number four, have a phone conversation or virtual chat before going on a date because it could save you a lot of time and the emotional investment. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.